Welcome to Maximum Desire Podcast, where we are all about creating strong, healthy, and loving relationships. I'm your host, Jeannie Morm. Now, in today's episode, I have a special treat for you. I had the honor of interviewing two incredible individuals and friends of mine, Dave and Nancy Audette, who have a powerful story to share with you about overcoming prostate cancer. Now, Dave faced the challenges of prostate cancer head on, and he emerged victorious. And since then, He's been inspiring many along the way. Now, joining me in this conversation is my husband, Kurt. Now, get ready to be inspired, informed, uplifted as we explore this remarkable story over the next four episodes. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jeannie, the host of Maximum Desire. Have you lost your desire for intimacy and connection? It wasn't that long ago I lost my confidence and desire for intimacy and connection. After high medical bills and no answers, I went on a journey to find solutions. I've been married over 30 years and overcame my challenges through research and a lot of hard work. I created this podcast to help you ignite the desire and passion for intimacy, feel more confident in and out of the bedroom. Now, if this is you, you've come to the right place. Now let's get started. Kurt and Jeannie, along with their guests, Dave and Nancy, are not doctors and are not in the medical profession. Everything they said is from their own personal experience or their own research and talking with doctors. This podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So we're going to continue our discussion on prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take over. Okay. Does that mean I have to be quiet yeah. the rest of the time? Okay. I got some <laughs> duct tape I'll just put over my mouth. We're going to be talking about why Could men we... don't talk about prostate cancer. Could we introduce our guests? Yeah. We have our good friends Dave and Nancy. Hello. Welcome back. Hi. Glad to be here. All right. This is going to be more for Dave and I, a little discussion about why men don't talk about prostate cancer. For people that don't know, if you listen to the first segment that we had, it was a great conversation. You guys are so informative and, and so helpful, and we appreciate it. Just a little bit of my background. My dad had prostate cancer. He's since passed away, but and that's not why he passed away. But probably 25 years ago, he had prostate cancer, and that's all I knew. Right. Nothing else. Nobody sat down and talked with me. Mom and dad didn't. You know, I knew he had surgery, and only since I met you guys did I realize what kind of surgery he had back then. Basically, right, he wasn't able to have any uh, intimacy with my mom afterwards. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They had none of the technology that they have today. So, And your brothers. Yeah, your brothers. Yeah, yeah. So it's in my family. So right. I've been checked since probably I've been 35. Good at least every six months. It's near and dear to my heart. I know it's important right. to you guys as well. Absolutely. Kind of share with me your thoughts on that subject. Why guys don't talk? Well, wait, can I interrupt? Okay. And then I'll shut up. Uh, so we knew my, this was going to happen. Exactly. So in my search of the internet when Dave was first diagnosed, I was on a prostate cancer form, and the guys were kind of complaining about why there's not the information out there like there is breast cancer. And I go, guys, you don't talk. Mm. Well, yeah, we do. No, you don't. How many... Female celebrities have come out and admitted they had breast cancer. One we know had a double mastectomy to prevent it because she had the BRCA1 gene or has it. I don't know a male celebrity that's come out and talked about it. There's no awareness for it and because guys don't talk. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's true. I mean, that is something that guys don't talk about. Kurt, you know I go golfing yeah. with my high school buddies every yeah. year. 
Not one of them have asked me about that. Really? We've not talked about it unless I've brought it up. Wow. And these guys I've known since I was 12 years old. Hmm. So it's something that just guys aren't comfortable with. Huh. Can I interrupt you? It'll only be one more time. <laughs> Say yes, correct. Yes, you may. <laughs> when somebody knows that a guy has prostate cancer, whether it's his family or a friend, and they go, hey, I, you know, I, I heard about what you had and how you doing, what do they say? Oh, I'm doing great. Yeah. Because he is doing great. He healed from surgery. Yeah. He's moving on with his life. He's back at work. He's doing whatever he's doing. But he doesn't talk about the intimate, not just sexual part, but the bodily function part mm. of it. He just says, I'm doing great. Oh, he's doing great. So everybody yeah. thinks he's doing great. Yeah. When he may right. not be. Because guys yeah. don't talk. Right. All right. right. Now yeah. shut up. Yeah. Just so you know, Dave, I have the power to edit her completely. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Uh, if in my life, day to day, I had that same power. Oh, but they're by the grace of God. <laughs> so, so, back to your question. So, you're the most open guy I think I know. Why are you more open than the average guy? You know what? I think there's probably a couple of reasons. Number one, going back to what we talked about in the previous segment. My wife went through cancer for mm. 11 years. Mm. First breast and then ovarian. And, yeah, I guess that kind of makes you realize that, especially when you see it day-to-day and live with it, and you realize it affects a lot of people. Mm. Uh, there's no question about it. It's probably also made me, going through all that with her, it's made me a different person. I have a different perspective on life. Mm. You know, I was, used to be pretty intense and whatever. Life is more important than a whole lot of other things. Mm. And a good life and being healthy, happy, uh, sexually active, it's all important. It's all, a lot of times, as much as guys might focus on job and that's their identity or whatever, there's a whole lot of other things in life. I've changed in the last 15 years. Mm. And over the last four years since my cancer, I've probably become even more mellow. Mm. You just need to face it, be open about it, talk about it. Don't be shy about it because there's an awful lot of people out there that are dealing with the same thing. You just don't know it. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. You know, did you and your brothers ever talk? A little bit. A little bit. What did you talk about when you talked? Some of the stuff that you've mentioned. Okay. Right. Afterwards. Okay. After treatment. The, the effects afterwards. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and how it can affect your life. Right. Can I help out for just a second? Because you learned from Dave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and then you knew the questions right. to ask your brother. Yeah. Oh, and okay. So Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. You, they would not have talked. They would not have talked unless you brought it up. Right. Yeah. And, his, and they're the ones that are with it. Right. They have had the cancer. Right. right. So they're not the ones bringing it up. Right. Correct. That's why I'm talking. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. I've had it. Yeah. And other people need to know. Right. 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 That's why we are honored to have you be so open because we know how difficult it is and even with family we've had to ask the questions right and to get them to open up and talk right so as you first found out tell me a little bit about your feelings what you were going through your thoughts those those kind of things when my PSA went up and the urologist said we need to do biopsies because my PSA had been rock solid at the same number for a couple of years Mm -hmm. and during my physicals in every five years prior to that, the number had always been the same. The fact that it jumped like eight-tenths of a point in four months 
I thought it was inevitable. Mm -hmm. So before I even got the results, I kind of knew what the results were going to be. I knew they were going to be positive. It was just a matter of degrees, how much. So I kind of resigned myself to that fact prior. Nancy, on the other hand, it affected her, I think, psychologically a lot more. I think I had resigned myself to the fact that I knew it was going to come back positive based on my PSA jumping so much, but then it was, okay, what am I going to do about it? When you first found out, did you know a lot about what you were going to be going through? No. Okay. No. So that's when you guys started doing research. Nancy did a ton yeah. of research. Yeah. I went for a second opinion. After I talked to all the options with one doctor, I went for a second opinion and came back with pretty much... The same information from the second doctor, and I told him what I thought I wanted to do, and his comment was, who you think you're going to have do it, and what you think you're going to do, I think is a very viable option for you. So, you guys need to talk, though, about why you guys don't talk about stuff. Maybe yeah. not you, but why guys in general don't. It affects their masculinity. Okay. It can affect how you perform sexually, if you can perform at all. Yeah. Uh, that's one big part of it, and there's ways to help with that. And I'm not sure if that's another segment or not, but there are ways to help performance mm -hmm. sexually. Mm -hmm. But incontinence and impotence are the two biggest. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. guys won't talk about that. What guy do we know wants to talk about leaking? Yeah, yeah. You know, leaking. And that's why going back to that impotent. first one and me needing to help Jeannie with her Kegels. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I can't tell you how critical that is. Really? To keep you from leaking. So let me ask you this. At what point did it really hit you that your sex life was going to be vastly different? Oh, it was as the surgery came closer. So you realize reality so is So once you did in. the research, all of a sudden, yeah. oh, this yeah. is what I'm going to be facing. This is what I'm going to be facing. Uh -huh. Already recognized that there were things you could do. But until you've had the surgery and know what your recovery is, you don't know how extreme. Okay. You don't know how you're going to respond. Yeah. Can I say something yeah. here? This, this actually should have been in the last segment, but I guess it'll help here now too. When they do the biopsies and you have cancer, they have what they call a Gleason number. And a Gleason is actually two numbers. And honestly, I can't, I don't remember how they come up with these numbers, but the lowest number, if you're positive for cancer, is a three plus three. And that's what Dave was. So that's good news. Then it goes three plus four, I guess four plus four, and the numbers go up. Right. So you want the lowest Gleason possible. And that's the best, I should have brought that up in the Probably last Probably best segment, prognosis. Yeah. Better chance of a good prognosis yes. going forward. So yeah. if a guy has a biopsy, he should know his Gleason number because that will tell a lot. Okay. After surgery. So what's your state of mind at that time? Is it, this is how it is, and now we got to just work on it? And how did it affect you emotionally? I don't know. That's, that's a good question. How did it affect me emotionally? <laughs> it affected me emotionally, but I can't say to a great degree, at least I don't think to a great degree. It was almost like I knew I had things to do. I had a job to do. Okay, okay. You know, I, I guess I looked at it from a business perspective, mm -hmm. like a guy does. Yeah. Look at it analytically. Okay, what do I need to do uh -huh. to fix the problem? Because guys fix. Right. I think what I'm getting here is that, so the issue really isn't, okay, how am I going to deal with it? Because guys will start, okay, this is what I need to do. Da, 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 right. da. But it's more of, how do I share that with other guys and be okay with 
myself and my masculinity now that things right. have changed. I think that's where maybe Nancy is kind of sharing it. That's the challenge. That's the, hey guys, you know what? It's really hard. You know, it's right. sex is different and it's, this is the fact. Dealing with that from a perspective of guys, we are out I had a wine tasting last night and a guy came to me and he told me that he's struggling. He has prostate cancer. And to Nancy's point, the more that we share it, the more that we talk about it, the more that we're vulnerable, the more that we say, you know what, sucks, but I got it. You know, we got it. Right. (laughs) I just got it. I've got it. So you you got to deal with it. Yeah. I know we're going to talk about sex afterwards and I don't want to go into that part now. Could I ask a question, Dave, because from a female's perspective, I don't know um, how you deal with it from a mental aspect and a psychological aspect you mentioned before, because as a female, I had no idea that this affected your sex life and your masculinity. I had no idea until I met you and you talked about it. So do you really believe that's the real issue why men don't want to talk about it because of the masculinity and a woman may think that he's not a man. I don't know. Well, I'm just asking. I, I don't think questions. it's. I don't think it's that a guy's afraid a woman won't think he's not a man. But you think about all the locker room humor and whatever guys go through. Bottom line is, after you have the surgery or radiation or whatever the treatment is, you have, you're a lucky guy if you can have an erection hmm. like you used to have. Right. You're a lucky guy. Right. And it may take two or three years. And it might take a long time before you are. So you have that time period where you're not getting an erection. Mm. And to many men, that's the litmus test, right? Well, they give up and they shut down. Right. So, right. It is. It's it's the litmus test. Exactly. If you can't get an erection, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a guy. Well, it goes back to when we were kids. Maybe this was just a Minnesotan thing, but checking each other's sizes out, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, hell yeah. You know, so. I mean, uh, yeah, first time in junior high. A lot of, first time you took a shower with 20 other guys, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. First time in junior yeah. high. So when all of a sudden that aspect, which is important to a guy, is taken away, mm-hmm. do you expect them to talk about it? Yeah. They don't. And that's why yeah. they shut down? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't talk. Huh. And until we have celebrities that come forward and and say, I had prostate cancer and this is what I did and my life is great or whatever, it's never going to change. So Dave, for a man that's struggling out there, and what could you say to him? I'm not even sure if I have the right question. Or a wife, how could she get him to open up or comfort him or make him feel like a man or the husband she loves and adores? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I guess... One thing I know, Nancy got on a bunch of different forums, and I'm ambivalent about some forums. But fact of the matter is, there are ways for guys to communicate with other guys. So, like I said, I go golfing with five high school buddies. That's not a topic of discussion for a week we're gone away. But because they're not part of that mentality, <laughs> mentality or that little group mm-hmm. that I'm in. Yeah, I'm in a special group. So. At least on a forum, if guys need to talk about it or should talk about it, there are other people they can communicate with. Mm. And if that opens a door for them to at least be able to talk about it with someone in person, someone they don't know, someone online that they can talk about what they're feeling, then maybe it makes it a little easier to talk to people that are closer to them. Nancy, do you have any suggestions for guys, uh, forums to log into? or 
Frank's Place, I think, is one that Frank's Place women aren't even allowed in. Oh, okay. It's only for men. I think it's called Frank's Frank's Place. And then there's, you know, WebMD has them. Uh-huh. I mean, any medical site usually has forums. Mm-hmm. I would just search prostate cancer online support groups and. And I think the out. one other thing is, get on that, to get on that, and discuss that stuff with your wife or you know significant other or whatever because there's going to be things that resonate with you when you read it and say oh yeah that's me yeah and you can just see how someone else is dealing with it or not dealing with it might be real important yeah and maybe someone else is not dealing with it in the exact same way you're not dealing with it and you need to fix that mm. so thank you dave and nancy thank you so much for tuning in to another insightful episode of maximum desire I hope you found this interview with Dave and Nancy Audette on prostate cancer informative and valuable. Now, if you have any questions or you wish to contact Dave and Nancy directly, feel free to reach out to them at prostatehealth2024 at outlook.com. Now, to stay updated on future episodes and to show your support, don't forget to hit the follow button. And I would also greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review this episode below. For detailed information and additional resources, please refer to the show notes below. Thank you again for listening. Your support means the world to me. Now be sexy and have fun. Good night. Mm -hmm.